0: Welcome to Mining Stock Daily. This is your host, Trevor Hall, again reporting from the Association for Mineral Exploration Roundup Conference here in lovely Vancouver. And to my right, I am privileged to be joined by the CEO of Fireweed Zinc, a friend of yours, a friend of mine, Mr. Brandon McDonald. Brandon, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, it's been a busy week, and I'm sure you've taken a lot of questions, a lot of inquiries about what's been happening at McMillan Pass. Uh, you know, obviously, last year was a really good year uh, as far as advancing the project, and uh, um, you know, you put out some drill results later in November, and that's about the you know yeah. the last of the drill results from the from the campaign. Or is there more coming down the pipeline? No, that's it. That's yeah. it. So, it, just the highlights of that was 100 meters of 7.94 uh, percent zinc from surface at the boundary zone. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a real, uh, a real hot topic—the boundary zone for you. Yeah, you know it's interesting. It's it's somewhat of a
1: rediscovery. Um, there was drilling there by Kaminko in the late '80s and, and early '90s. Uh, they had always hit these very broad but but unimpressive, you know, grade sort of intervals. You know, one to three hundred meters of. of you know, one and a half to 3% zinc, right? So w- within that, some spotty bits of, of healthy grade. Um, we had done some more sorting work on it and we thought we could, you know, uh, pre-concentrate it before it went to the mill and, and because it would likely be a very low strip open pit, we, we figured we could, we could make money off that. Went out and built it this year and we hit some <laughs> absolutely stellar results, right? So, you know, you know, with that interval you talked about within that, there was six meters of true width of, of 42%. Um, yeah. Pure sphalerite is uh, 65% zinc. So what it means is you're, you're pulling out meters and meters of core that is at least two-thirds to three-quarters sphalerite. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, like, you know, people who uh, have had a chance to come by our core shack yesterday and today, it is, like, truly impressive yeah, so core to look at. We, we actually had one interval that when we ended up news releasing it, we just said this is over 60% because the lab hasn't been able to tell us yet. They they've only told us it was over sixty percent. So they ended up doing um, actual titration on it, like like the same test methods you use for concentrate mm-hmm. because it was too high grade for any of the standard lab tests for core. So it ended up coming in at sixty two and a half percent zinc. So it was like a meter of damn near to your smell already.
0: Uh, Move us into 2020, and I'm sure you and the team are starting to look at, uh, you know, once you get back onto the project Hmm. in the spring, you know, what you're going to be kind of going after. What what does the strategy look like for for 2020? Do you go back to Boundary Zone? I mean, obviously, you have a a lot of other targets out there.
1: Yeah, we do. You know, I I think that Boundary Zone doesn't have a resource on it. Um, It's a priority to to get one. we want to make sure that that, that maiden resource on boundary is, is what we think it, it you know, can be. So, so it's going to mean some significant drilling out there. And then in terms of expiration, uh, we do have expiration targets all over the property. But I would say the ones most screaming for attention are in the western part of the property, in the immediate area of boundary, or, or in the surrounding you know, claims there. Um, so it's, it, it's going to be kind of, you know, I said it's kind of the year of the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, for us this year, you know, for example, there's another target out there, very strong soil anomaly that Caminco drilled, called Eleven Creek, and um, they drilled it from uphill, thinking that the soil anomaly had been dispersed downhill, as often happens with zinc and soil anomalies. Um, but we don't actually see any dispersion at, at boundary zone, so we know now they missed it. But they actually their second hole, they they, they thought that both the holes missed. The second hole actually, that the very very final interval was one and a half percent zinc. Now that's not. You know, you blowing your you know, mind with it, that grade, but you'd normally think that if your, your very last interval was in mineralization, as you, they found out when they got their results back from the lab, you'd think you'd come back there and drill it again, mm-hmm. and they didn't, right? So mm-hmm. it's um, they left a lot of uh, sometimes even mature exploration targets for us to follow up on.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to bring something up for the listeners because uh, you and I actually had a discussion last night, and you were, you know, educating me on uh, zinc concentrate uh, paired with either lead or silver. Yeah. And I thought it might be worth just kind of bringing it up again and having you describe for people who are maybe unfamiliar with <laughs> with with zinc plays, right? Yep. And 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 the processes of it.
1: Yeah. So you you look at. Um, you know, we have significant silver credits, uh, particularly in the high-grade parts of Tom and Jason. Um, the majority of that, you, know, you look at the total silver recovery and that split between uh, some of it reports to the uh, zinc con, some of it reports to the lead con. The vast majority reports to the lead con, and the reason that's good is because when you're selling zinc con to a smelter, they won't pay you for the first three ounces of silver in it, and then they only pay you for 75% of the, of the silver above that three ounces. Um, whereas in con it's only a two ounce deduction uh and they pay you I think it's ninety-five percent of everything above the two ounces. So if you've got a choice of whether it's gonna to go to the leadcon or the zinc con, you you would always choose the leadcon. Um and that's an important thing to look at. You know, there's lots of particularly as a project gets really highly polymetallic, is how many concentrates concentrates are you producing and where and how much do the precious metal credits report to, because if it's split and, and there's deductions, you might actually have very low payability on symptoms in your precious metals.
0: How can smelters kind of get away with that? I mean, is that just the way it's always been?
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, so many still smelters go out of business. So, it, so it, 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 can't be that much of a racket, right? And, Cause and it certainly sounds like a racket. Yeah, it, it does. And, um, you look right now, it certainly feels like a racket because, um, you know, they, they, they shuttered some supply uh, uh, in some uh, zinc smelters in China. Um, and as a result, uh, there, there's a shortage of smelter bandwidth for all the concentrates being produced. So, which means the treatment charges are, I think, spot treatment charge right now is $300 U.S., uh, you know, a ton of concentrate, which is really tough to handle, right? I mean, I would I would say the long-term average is, you know, between 150 and 200. And even, you know, two years ago, the, the, the spot treatment charge was down to 50 U.S., right? So miners are doing great then. Now, not so much, right? So, and that's one of the things that you've got to look for when you're when you think it. it's not just about the zinc price. It's about zinc price and treatment charges. And when you're reading technical studies, um, you know, some of the less... Uh, um, Uh, ethical (laughs) companies um, will juice the put a really low um, treatment charge assumption in um, because they they assume that you know the the naive investors don't go looking for that you know they're they're not deep diving a big report uh, to figure out what treatment charge you've used you know um, without naming names there is a peer that used a treatment we used a 190 treatment charge for our PEA a US and and there was a peer that used 140 um, you know, $50 U.S. difference on 200,000 tons of con a year uh, is 10 million U.S. swing, right? Over an 18-year mine life, 180 US, <laughs> U.S. difference if we'd assumed 140 versus 190. So you can see the how that distorts things if you're not using a fair, uh, you know, long-term estimate.
0: Yeah. What is the? What do you think the outlook for 2020 for zinc is? I mean, is there any sort of... Catalyst that could make this thing move higher? I mean, we've kind of been sitting and waiting to see what's going to
1: happen. resolution with China on the trade wars is, is going to be a big one, right? All the base metals have been uh, depressed as a result of the ongoing dispute between the U.S. and China. Um, I, I, I'll be straight with you. I don't think 2020 will necessarily be a gangbuster year for, for base metals. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're a base metal investor, and I think everyone should be, you 're really building positions now for 2021 and 2022 mm-hmm. where, where it 's going to likely copper zinc etc are, are going to scream right so but having said that you know zinc's gone up significantly in the last couple of weeks you know on, on some easing of trade tensions um, and if there's actual complete resolution, maybe maybe it 's back up over a buck 20 a pound or something like that, and uh, everyone 's happy again Nobody's, everybody seems to be chasing palladium right now, Brandon. Yeah, which is a great reason to perhaps to get out of Palladium. Like, <laughs> you know, like I have a, I have a theory of, crowded plays that I just don't invest in crowded plays. Now, that's where you get your liquidity and you get your volatility. But I just, uh, you know, like for example, chat rooms, Twitter, etc. If a stock is talked about too much, uh, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I that's just, your red flag. Yeah. yeah uh, particularly when you know you look at chat rooms like CEO.ca and stuff like that when the, when there's 50 people in the room none of them has any idea what they're talking about and they're just like all day talking about these crazy bullish scenarios on a stock i'm like nah this is those are the guys that are setting the price of the stock mm-hmm. right like they're the marginal buyer um and they're if they don't have any idea what they're talking about and they're they're just like crazy blinders uh, you know because they're such big bulls on the stock mm-hmm. then they're not setting a good price mm-hmm. Good, good thoughts there, Brandon. I'm, I'm, invest- I also look. I do not have a good track record investment <laughs> junior, So <laughs> you know, This is this is something uh, uh, you know. Doug and I were talking about that. Don't don't come to us looking for tips because uh, we're so heads down in our own projects that generally, no, I don't. I don't spend a lot of my day looking at other projects. Well, that's why
0: I appreciate I can come with you with some technical questions. Yeah, well, the, ask that, really, that, really dumb questions, and get really smart answers. Yeah,
1: well, just sound smart, maybe not always, but.
0: <laughs> Well, Brandon, I look forward to seeing uh, what's uh, down the pipeline for you and Fireweed there at McMillan Pass. I think, uh, you know, even if the zinc price doesn't necessarily behave as much as people would like it to, I, I, I think there's some good things coming around the corner with Fireweed. So, and uh, I'm assuming you feel the same thing. So. Y-
1: yeah, I mean, look, like I said, if it's not 2020, it's going to be soon. And, and, um, uh, us and us more than, the general zinc play, but all the zinc plays are are absolutely in the basement,
0: right? Yeah, That's Brandon McDonald. He's the CEO of Fireweed Zinc. Brandon, good to chat with you again. We'll catch you again soon, my friend. Great to be here. Thank you.